I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here as usual with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who keeps us surprised about the latest scams going on in Santa Barbara. And as we've mentioned, if they're going on here, they're usually happening in other parts of the country as well. Hi, Vicki. How are you today? I'm very well. Hi, Patty. And I have a special guest today with us. It is one of my colleagues in the DA's office, Deputy District Attorney Casey Nelson. Now, Casey handles our fraud cases and our white collar crimes. So things like real estate fraud, money laundering. And he also recently prosecuted a case involving EDD fraud. Now, Patty, I've talked about this before on the show, how crooks steal your personal identifying information and then file for unemployment benefits in your name. As you know, this has become a huge problem in our state, resulting in billions, and I mean billions, of dollars of loss, and also clogging up the system so that legitimate applicants can't get their benefits. Very frustrating for a lot of people. And as you know, I've had lots of reports of this kind of fraud here in Santa Barbara, which I've shared with our listeners. So the frustrating part is that these crooks are very hard to catch. They often operate out of our state or out of the country. In fact, I just got a bulletin from Department of Justice. This was dated January 20th of this year, so very recent. And this is about a man in New Jersey who was indicted in a fraud scheme to steal California unemployment insurance benefits. So this guy was stealing information about California residents and then using it to file fraudulent claims. They sometimes are operating out of the country. So it's very frustrating, these cases, because if we can't find them, obviously we can't prosecute them. But Casey is going to give us a success story for the day and tell us about the case that he prosecuted. And I think one of the most interesting parts of this story is how these scammers got caught. So welcome, Casey. So nice to have you with us here today. Thank you for coming on the show. Yes, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Vicki and Patty. Appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, just to get started, how many people were involved in perpetrating this scam? At least five that we know of. I understand that it started with an identity theft investigation involving a car and a bail bond. It didn't start off as an EDD fraud investigation for us. The Santa Barbara Police Department actually got an ID theft. A person had got a hit on their credit and it was for an auto loan taken out on Carvana. And it sort of just unfolded from there where we got looped into the EDD fraud aspect of it. So it's one of those interesting things. How a lot of these people get caught is they get a little greedy. They had actually had a pretty good scam going for a long time until they decided to do the car loan. So the police department got notice of the car loan. They started to do a little bit more investigating and they figured out that a EDD claim had been taken out in this particular victim's name as well. From there, they backed it in to the EDD aspect. The EDD had been running something of a parallel investigation into this group of people for about a year. And then they just linked it together. And it turns out we were able to wrap them all up. This particular group was actually fairly sophisticated. And they were doing full identity theft with very high quality IDs from China and bank accounts. And they had used one of the stolen 
stolen IDs to take out a bail bond. They got to the point where they were spiraling and making a lot of mistakes when we actually got connected with them. I can't say enough about the Santa Barbara police. They did dozens and dozens and dozens of search warrants, primarily aimed at various mail servers like Google and Yahoo and things such as that. That's where we can really unravel the scam because most of this is done online. And so you have to follow every thread backwards and it's time consuming. And this was a two plus year long investigation, but we were able to see who they were ordering the fake IDs from the applications to the EDD, the various fake email names they were using. And one of the things we were able to find was a spreadsheet of victims' names and where they were getting the names and the listings of the victims, which had kind of matched up actually with what the EDD was sort of able to back into on their investigation. I was getting a lot of phone calls from people saying, hey, I got a letter from the Employment Development Department saying that I filed a claim for unemployment insurance. Well, that's not true. I was working. So what's going on? And I had to explain to them that somebody had stolen their identity and somebody had filed for unemployment benefits in their name, but the money was actually going elsewhere. The bulk of the victims came from a property management company. So they were able to break into the databases from the property management company. And the property management company had all of the applications. And I think by happenstance, that contained all of the information they needed to file these claims. And then also to work with the bank once they filed them to avoid the bank fraud detection system. It just happened to be that it was the perfect data source for them because of the way applications for apartments work is they want to know all of your past addresses. And if the bank is trying to verify who you are, that's the first thing they ask is what were your previous addresses or phone numbers? So they had all of the information. Came about during a time when EDD was trying to process a lot and make the processing application easier. They didn't have the ability to do the checking that they would normally be able to do if there's a much smaller amount of claims being made. We can assume 300 victims that you were dealing with? Yeah. Jeez. What can you tell us, if anything, about the victims? I'm not asking about their names, but what were their occupations? What cities did they live in in this area? Across the board, really, it was a big property management company they broke into. So we had doctors, lawyers, students, teachers, you know, stay-at-home people. Santa Barbara is kind of one of those interesting places like that where you'll have a doctor or an attorney who's building a new house. And so they'll rent a you know multi-million dollar house for a few months. So you'd have that side all the way down to a bunch of you know UCSB students who were you know getting their first apartment so they could get in there, steal not only the students' information, but their co-signers' information. So you know, the parents oh as well. So it really worked out well for them, I think. <laughs> and again, just by happenstance that they hit the right one. I mean, I don't know if they had planned and went to look for it. I don't think so. The way these sort of breaking into databases work is you'll set it to work automatically and just kind of scan through things. Essentially, you find an locked door one time and they go in and dig around and see what they can find. And you know, this was, yeah. they ended up with a good one. How do they get into these databases? I mean, are these some pretty sophisticated hackers? Not really. So it's almost like when car burglaries, where people will just walk down the street and check car doors to see if they're open. This is just the high-tech version of that. 
And it's relatively easy to automate that. So they're just going and checking doors to see if they're open. And every once in a while, they find one that's open. And a lot of times it'll be nothing very interesting. But, you know, sometimes they get into one where the security isn't set up right, that they can get into the actual internal documents of the company. How do they go about collecting the money? It actually worked relatively easily in this case. It was one of the things that the EDD had done a lot to make the access to the claims easier. And again, for good reasons. If someone's injured on the job, can't work, you want them to be able to get the money as quickly as possible and have access to it to pay rent, to get food, that type of stuff. The EDD will send out a debit card from Bank of America and it works just like a regular debit card. So they can just go, they get a debit card mailed to them Uh at an address that either the scammers control or are aware that the person is not home very often. We're seeing a lot more mail theft these days. So if you don't listen to anything I have to say, get a lock mailbox. Yes, <laughs> um, we will... talked about that. Thank you for uh-huh. underscoring that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll go a long way to preventing identity theft. But so they would just go out and they would either get an address that they control, rent an apartment and send 30, 40, 50 applications, whatever the number is, and then just collect all the debit cards and they just go spend it like regular. As they get into those, start sending money off to other accounts they control. It was a relatively straightforward, not a particularly sophisticated scam. It was just took a lot of work for them. They did a lot of work to get it. Emptying mailboxes. And it's the simplest thing, and they really don't need that much information to steal your identity. So please, everybody, what I do when I write out my checks, I go into the post office, I walk to the front of the line, I have my stamped envelopes, I put them right on the desk in front of the post person and walk out. And that way I know that they're going to be mailed safely. So please either get a locked mailbox or just go into the post office. Don't trust an open mailbox. Do you think you've been a victim of identity theft? The California Attorney General's Office has step-by-step guides on freezing your credit. And it's very easy to do with the three main bureaus. And that will stop a lot of these scams. Well, I want to thank you so much, Casey, for taking time out of your busy day to come on the show and share your story. And again, thank you for being on Scam Squad today. Thank you so much, Casey. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye now. Vicki, would you remind everyone of your fraud hotline number in case they'd like to give you a call? I will. It's area code 805-568-2442. And I'm going to say that again, area code 805-568-2442. And I do welcome calls. Okay. Until next week, I'm sure you'll have another scam, unfortunately. But I will. good. <laughs> Sometimes they're caught, those scammers. So it's all good. Thank you so much. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.